And we're live! Yay! You made it! Give yourself a big hug out there. This is Creativity in Focus, a weekly live podcast where we highlight an artist and its art every single week. And it's so fun because we get to know a little bit more about them. We have an informal chat with them. And then we see their pieces, part of the process. So, you know, whatever you do in life to create beautiful things, coming to Creativity in Focus every week will just inspire you more. Today I have a very special guest with me, but first I'm going to ask you for a favor. We go live, I don't know where you're watching this right now, maybe Facebook, maybe YouTube, maybe someplace else, uh, wherever you are. Take a second to give us a like. If you like what you see on the content, please uh, leave a review about that. And most of all, comment and ask questions. This is an interactive podcast, which means that you help us make this podcast even more special. So whenever you have a question to the person I'm interviewing and you want to to ask, you have a chat, it's either beside the video or below the video, depending on where and with which device you're using. Do that, okay? Because we, we actually love that you interrupt us and talk to us and ask questions, your comments, uh, many times even sharing your own experience in that arena. This is so cool and it just makes everything better. Also, this podcast is or content only, which means we're not going to try to sell anything. It is safe for you to share. That's a great way also to help us uh, get more eyeballs to what we are doing. You can share in groups, you can share anywhere, because again, it's just content. It's not going to try to sell anything to anybody. So take a second to do that. I don't know if you're aware, but on social media, if you take this kind of action right at the beginning of a live uh, podcast or any live video, you actually help the search engine inside that social platform decide if they're going to show this to more people or not. So it's crucial that you do that right now. I'm going to try to find myself right here as well. So I make sure I also share that. Here I am, okay, cool. So today my guest is Aaliyah Clay and she sculpts tiny itsy bitsy mice. Super tiny. <laughs> super, super tiny. Uh, she's been doing this for many years, over 20 years, and we are now going to talk to her about not only her uh, sculptures, but the whole process and, you know, just to chat. It's kind of an improv thing here. I don't have preset yeah. questions, so you don't know what's yeah. going to come Great. your way. Good. Perfect. Good. I think improv is actually one of the things you enjoy a lot, right? Yes. Yeah, I really found, I've only been doing it for, um, a year and a half or two years, uh -huh. but I really fell for it. What it's, what attracts you to that? Um, well, it's it's this give and take, this community. Um, you're building an art together with a group, and you have to listen. You have to um, offer statements, and and in order to build a scene, otherwise it just doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it, it's that that group part of it that I just love. And, and of course, improv is a form of art, but do you think that has helped you in your work as a sculptor at all or not? Yes. Um, it's it not just improv, but elements of storytelling mm -hmm. altogether, because I really started to collect books after um, taking the improv classes, and, and that has helped me to think about, mm -hmm. think more about how to tell a story with um, 
with a single image with a sculpture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it definitely... That's so cool. I don't know yeah. if you're aware, did you know that we in Utah, because I know you lived here for a while, then you moved, yeah. right, when you yeah. were a kid. Did you know we have the biggest storytelling festival in, in the, not in the planet, but in the country? No, I, yes. I, I know the for films, but I didn't know. No, we, we have the biggest storytelling festival. Uh, it's called the Timpanogos Storytelling Festival. I've been going oh, there. Yeah, I've heard I think of for it. ten years oh, now. Oh, I'm, I'm and I have to gone. tell you, first time a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, she came and she said, "Do you want to go? I have tickets." And I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be boring, and it's going to be for kids." And I mean to yeah. really not into that. No, it's yeah. so unbelievable because it's so good. And it, we attract storytellers from the whole country, oh, even international. We have people that come from the UK, uh, Latin America. It's really, it's really I'll amazing. We have to try and get to the one. one we have to schedule day. a class right on the same yes. week. <laughs> that, no, it's really, I, I, I'm not sure national. Maybe you tell me. Uh, I think it happens in September, if I'm not wrong. But it's oh. just fantastic. You should oh. try. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> Guys, before I go on, I want to show some of the pieces that she makes. So if you're not familiar with her, you're going to fall in love right now. Before I do so, Karen, say I get to watch live. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Beverly Oliwa, she's also a sculptor. She sculpts with textile, actually. Uh, hey, uh -huh. it's Bev from Edmonton. Very cool. Uh, so let's show the first one. Let me see if I can see that. Tell me a little bit about this little guy. So first of all, so, how, how tall is this sculpture? Um, well, they're all, uh, all the mice are about an inch tall. Some, sometimes if they have fairy wings, he has this hat, so he's probably more like one and a half inches, but uh, I made him, I made him, oh, maybe two years ago. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember exactly how tall he is, but I'm gonna guess at least one and a half okay. inches. Uh, and and all oh, the moth fly. So this is one that would be a little bit taller because of the hat thing. And and because he's standing on the mouse. And and well, this I know this is one of your favorites, right? The, the moth? moth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I do a whole series of these of the moth riders, and and I love every single piece. I I think it's just because you have a mouse that's a little heavier than what a moth would be, and then trying to combine that. Um, it just makes it interesting to view. So let's talk a little bit about your process. So they are basic polymer clay, the, and then yeah. you add some fur flocking to that, right? Yeah. Anything else that you use? Um, no, I'm, it's mostly viscose and embroidery floss. Mm -hmm. I have used paper and I have used like tiny little beads, but not very often. Not it's, very often. So I've seen a ton of your work, right? Because you you, yeah. you came to Curious Mondo for a course, so of course I looked at that. And I understood it was miniatures from the beginning, and I understood they were tiny, but when I actually saw, I don't know why, it, it showed the next picture, for example, you have just beside the, 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 the piece beside a, a tape measure, yeah. and I mean, and, it and looks obvious, um, right, how tiny it is, yeah. but, I thought it was kind of this big. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. That's it's this more... small. Wow. <laughs> so, w what attracted you to to sculpts? I mean, you're a very good sculptor, so any any size would do for you. Yeah. But what's about it? Um, the size. 
Miniatures, I, I always, I have done a, a wide range from large to the mm -hmm. super tiny, and it, it just, I love the magic of looking into this whole world that's really tiny, and, uh -huh. and when you add the details, it's just, you're just kind of staring and, and lost in that world, uh -huh. and, and that might be true for larger pieces too, and I know it is, but for me, it's just miniatures are, there's just that magic to them, and and I, it really keeps me drawn to recreating them because it, it's such um, a personal kind of experience mm -hmm. to imagine what's, what's going on in these worlds that it's really easy to just keep going on with more miniatures. So. And out, outside the sculpting, are you kind of a fantasy girl? Were you one, I mean... Are you always um, looking for this magical secret world or not? No, uh, when I was a kid, I was really, really into to those the magic worlds, like the Harry Potter kind of mm -hmm. movies and the fantasy stories. But but now I I I still love story, and I I but I've kind of grown to understand how important it really is and mm -hmm. how it, it has this power of connecting everyone and. Um, so now I still, I still listen to fantasy books, but I also like to read and listen to histories and mm -hmm. biographies. And there's really, there really isn't that much of a difference between fantasy and what's real because it, it's, you know, in fantasy, something can just appear, Yeah. but there's always a reason for it to appear or it doesn't become a story that people mm -hmm. follow we'll and engaged. love. And, uh -huh. you know, it's something that never gets published if it's just random. Mm -hmm. And so that, that real connection to it is the same things that we'll find in, in real life stories. And so it, it, it's all just connected. And so if you had two sculptures side by side, so one of yours, Storytelling, yeah. and just another one with a perfect cute Minnie Mouse. Yeah. One, and I'm going to guess that that. Did you see how good of a question that was? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to guess that I'll be more drawn to the one that, uh -huh. that had story elements add, added to they're it. They're both static pieces, right? Yeah, let's say they're perfectly sculpted. The anatomy is right. The painting is all perfect. Mm -hmm. But that one with the storytelling elements, it's probably going to have something more that will make me love it, make me more feel Engaged. more connected yeah, to it. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. Like I, I said earlier in the class, our brain is wired for storytelling. That's yeah. how we preserve cultures. Folklore comes to that, right? Stories that were told in past generation. In many cultures, it's still like that. It's not in ours, but it's still like that. So a, a story will always get our attention. And yeah. it doesn't have to be spoken to be a story. No. Right? Yeah. So if you add, like you have in this next one, for example, tell us a little bit about this tiny girl. So she was... If you look at the the little tiny mouse in the front, this is a this is a contrast here. With he's actually the leader. He's the one who's directing the bigger character in the middle and and kind of telling her where to go. So they're in a raging river, and he's saying, yeah. "Straight ahead, straight yeah. ahead." And she's kind of lost. She's undecided. She's I don't looking know. away. Do you think you're right? Yeah. I think we're going the wrong way. <laughs> and it's, it's Halloween time, probably, or at least yeah. it's fall. 
Yeah, so the idea was that they, they had to deliver these little pumpkin, these carved pumpkins somewhere, maybe like a fair, but they had to get there and the little one in, in the front knows how to get there and <laughs> the other one is being led. Being That's so cool. That is so cool. Uh, Colleen Spies is saying, hi, Alia, you are an amazing artist. Your work is breathtaking. Colleen uh, actually sculpts with wool. So oh, she makes amazing dolls, art dolls, out of wool and uh, fantastic work. Uh, Karen say, wow, just wow. Uh, Barbara saying, so tiny. And <laughs> she's saying, love them all. And I saw another one that they, they also love the Mott series. I have to tell you something before I forget. There is a podcast called The Mott that oh, is only God. storytelling. Oh. You, you have to listen to that. And they are yeah. all real stories, by the way. Send me the link. Or, I will. I will. Because yeah, you like mod, be... <laughs> you like storytelling. Yeah, that gotta would pay be... attention to this. That would be perfect. That's cool. So, Alia, uh, are you the the only child? Tell no. me, tell me how this artist came to be. Oh no, no, I have seven siblings. Ooh. Yeah. Then. And Were you I born say, here in Utah? Or? No. Um, I was born in in um, California. Okay. And then we moved to Switzerland for a few years, and then here in Utah. And, you, and then you so, moved to Florida. And now where I'm you in live now. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm in Florida, We're good. Uh -huh. All over. Um, so that I I like that you brought up my family and my siblings because that connects to storytelling mm -hmm. too. We were always um, imagining, you know, playing house, playing something. Mm -hmm. um, I, one time I remember we were playing with, I was, it was a bunch of my siblings. We had bunk beds. Mm -hmm. We pretended they were boats and we were, we were oh. on the ocean. Uh -huh. And yeah, and that, that kind of, there's still that kind of playful mm -hmm. spirit mm -hmm. that I just didn't grow out of, I guess. That's good. You know, I, I grew up with a bunk bed, even though I only had a sister and a brother. And every Friday was the day we were allowed to mess up the room. So yeah. we would create tents with the bunk bed oh, and yeah. play yeah, cowboys and Indians and yeah. things. And my father would, on Fridays, he would always come and play, play with us. It's one of my best memories. And Bunk beds are like all awesome. children. All children should have bunk yeah, beds. Yeah, true. They're like true. the funnest things. To, to <laughs> Unless play. you fall from the stairs, right? Then just eh, <laughs> you learn. You do that once. And so, but uh, are you the oldest? No, no. Um, I am fourth down from fourth the down. oldest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you guys used to play a lot. So everybody followed a career in arts or not? No. 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 The only one is you. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. But that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be okay. If, yeah. yeah, right? But you, you told me before we started that you actually inspired a niece of yours to oh. sculpt as well, right? Well, she's sculpting now. I don't know how much of... She'll follow was, that, but yeah, she enjoys but, today. Um, yeah. yeah. I, well, last I knew she was... I hope she's still sculpting. Okay. But, yeah. That's so cool. Let me show you guys. And again, you're welcome to ask questions as much as you want. Uh, I've been talking to her for three days now, so I think we covered a lot of questions so far. But you know, you have more. I know you do. But let me show you this. Look at I love that hat, by the way. Tell me a little uh, bit about this one. So she has so a, another mouse and a dog. Yeah, this it? was I. I was at a restaurant and. Um, an older woman, I think she was the grandma of these two little, cute little twins that came walking in. They had so much energy that, that, and they matched. And I thought, okay, that's going to be a sculpture because that it's right up that the energy of the children and 
and just the cuteness of the, the matching, it, it, it goes along with what my mm -hmm. work tends to be. So that, yeah, that inspiration came from just sitting at a restaurant and, and people watching. So you do this full time, correct? Yeah. Uh, where do you sell these pieces mostly? Um, so I know they are all sold because they told me that, that you didn't have a single one at home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I sell them on my blog, just aliaclay.blogspot.com. Okay, and, and that's, that's enough. It. That's all you need to do to sell? Well, sometimes on eBay, but not so much lately. Uh -huh. so. so you've been sculpting for 20 years, yeah. more or less. Yeah. Then you, you hit a bump on the, in the, on the road with a disease, correct? Yeah. So tell me about the creative process before, during, and after that. Before, during. So, because you, you mentioned in class, for example, that even the colors changed while you were sick. Yeah, yeah, so um, it's, I, I don't know what, what it was. I, I couldn't focus as well. I know that's part of it, and it just was, I was depressed and, and down, and. You saw that in my you work. Could see that. And it, it really, it was not a good time. It just changed. Uh -huh. The ideas weren't weren't as creative. The colors were just not. Mm -hmm. And now it's coming so, back to yeah. what you like it to be. Yeah. Now your productivity also had an impact, correct? You 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 yeah. mentioned that you were making how many a month? I was making three or four a week. A week. Okay, so that's pieces. around twelve. Yeah. Miniatures a month, and that yeah. went down to? Um, and now I make, well, make, like make five or mm -hmm. seven a month. A month. Yeah. Okay. So and and you're down. still in the process of recovery. Yes. It's not full force yet yeah. for you. Yeah. I still have a, a lot of trouble, but, you know, two years ago I could hardly walk because of what the medicines were doing, but now it's a lot better. I, I, don't, I, I don't need a cane anymore, mm -hmm. so... Yeah, it's gotten better. Tell me a little bit, how was your first sale? So you were making because you enjoyed, and then yeah. what happened? Um, so I, I started, oh, eBay. eBay didn't exist mm -hmm. when I was 15, and I really started with polymer clay. But then around age 19, eBay came into the uh -huh. picture. And um, <laughs> and then I, I saw, like a lot of people did, I saw well, maybe I, let's see what happens if, if I put something, a mm -hmm. sculpture on eBay. And from there I saw, um, I learned more about art dolls and teddy bears mm -hmm. and because I saw these beautiful pieces that I didn't even know there was, that world existed. Uh -huh. And um, so I just moved on trying to learn this art form. And it, I just keep adding to what what I've learned. So in the beginning, it was trying to learn how to be a good sculptor. And now I've learned a lot about that. And now we're more into storytelling mm -hmm. and, and um, adding emotion. And so from the first time you listed something, did you sell the very first piece you listed or did it take no, a while? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, it took a, uh, some experimenting and I don't remember, I don't really remember if it sold or not, but there were a lot of pieces that didn't sell, uh -huh. and a lot of them that sold for really low prices. Um, yeah, and it took a few years to, to really get going on. And then you, you work. that started not working as well because eBay is not the same that it used to be? Yeah, I, when people first 
you know, eBay was like this magic place where yeah. you could buy things that were unusual, and now it's kind of just a, a, a lot of China stuff and yeah, yeah, not so unique anymore. So then you decided to make the transition to a blog. Yeah. Yeah. How how long oh, did you keep in there? That was because of because the fees went up, but mm -hmm. but um, so my. My work got more known, and the fees on eBay were going up, mm -hmm. and the sellers weren't getting um, like new people or new. It just wasn't so much worth it anymore mm -hmm. to keep up with eBay, and and because I I had been building up a bit of a reputation, I was able to make that move. Mm -hmm. I was lucky with that, yeah. yeah have you tried time. Etsy or other online stores? Yeah, there? Etsy was good. Um, I like Etsy. I just didn't. I, I don't. Right now, I don't make enough work to be selling in all those places. But, mm -hmm. but I would like to have like one piece on eBay mm -hmm. a month or something. If I could produce more, then then I would. Mm -hmm. But I'm very lucky with the blog. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you you are becoming more renowned. But uh, how did that happen? Do you go to trade shows? What what? What happened? No, that would work, I'm sure. I, I have never tried a trade show, okay. but I would love to. Um, mm -hmm. What I do, I I try to be involved with groups and guilds online, and um, and I just I tell people about like the eBay pages used to have um, a notice about my Facebook page and then mm -hmm. that would that would generate the traffic to yeah. the page yeah and you I know you've been using Facebook more right I, I see you posting is that working for you is that something uh, you need to pursue more or no I don't know uh, Facebook is in a weird place right now I don't know what's gonna happen yeah with it, I don't think any but, of us do. <laughs> yeah but I like it's a really good place for talking with people mm -hmm. and and that's really important but I don't know I don't know what's going to happen with Facebook. It's mm -hmm. kind of transitioning, so yeah. we'll see. I think we are going to see big changes there, too. Sandy Ward is asking, since your pieces are a part of a story, is it hard to let them go? No, no. Uh, just continue with this story. Um, the next piece will be another story. So no, it's really not. not. No. I, I like making, I like designing and thinking of how to create them, and I like the fact that other people are going to be able to imagine uh, their own storylines with them, so I, no, I think uh, with me, for example, the process of creating is uh, where I have fun, is where yeah. I like to be. Yeah. And really, once, once I have the, fi uh, the finished piece, I don't think I ever, I, I don't even have a, a special place to put that. You know, you can only put yeah. so many things on your mantle yeah. or on a special uh, yeah. armoire or something. But, you know, it, 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 the, the story needs to be told someplace else, right? Yeah. In, in that special place that that other person will put, despite if there is a monetary transaction or not. I think you create, you gave yeah. life to that story, and it, it really needs to go. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I've tried to keep pieces for myself, but even when I do that, somebody will, like, they'll come over, they'll look at a piece, and they'll just love it, and, and I have, even if I try to keep a piece, I, I just, I love that, that connection with mm -hmm. other people, and it's, I, I usually 
I'll sell it to them or some work are given as gifts to my closest mm-hmm. closest friends because I just know how much it means to And to I also them. think it's a validation of what you do, correct? For example, I, so I made this uh, baby fairy that is a carrot, like maybe, maybe two years ago or so. And I put, I put online and it sold. And it was not that great of a sculpture. I mean, I'm a much better sculptor today than I was when I made that one, but it was cute. So it sold. Well, you fast forward about two years, uh, this lady comes and asks me to make one very similar to that. And I said, well, I, it's not going to be the same, but I can. And I made it. When I went to, sh- to ship the thing, it was actually the same person that bought the first one, but now she wants to gift that. And, oh. and now she actually ordered, ordered a whole bunch of them, <laughs> which <laughs> is complicated because they're one of a kind, right? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, still, you say, okay, whatever I would have put that doll in my space, it would not cause the impact that it did. And yeah. at the same time validates that, well, you should keep pursuing this. When I look yeah. at that doll, I think, okay, I'm, I'm, much, I'm far away, but I'm much better than I was before. And yeah. somebody said it was good enough to pay money for it, yeah. right? And so that kind of validates everything. Oh yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I have a where is it? It ran away. Oh, uh, Gypsy Muse is saying uh, she has a, a gift for you. It's a very tiny drill bit. So she wants to see if she can send. Oh. So just send an email oh. to hello at Curious Bond and she will answer the, the right address for you to. I, I would, to yeah, send. that would be, yeah, that would be perfect. I, I'm always looking for new tools. So that might, <laughs> right? Yeah, that might work. Uh, and Nan is saying, after spending two days in Aaliyah's class, I am in complete awe. That's oh. so cool. Now, Aaliyah, th- I know this is your first experience teaching ever, right? In per- well, not in person because this, uh, our course is live stream, but it's the first yeah. time. So tell me a little bit how it has been to you. Um, this, is, this has been fun. I, I, I love it. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and I love the, the comments that are coming in. I love to um, be able to interact with everyone. So, yeah, this is, I, lo- I should have started earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we said today that you wish Curious Mondo were here when you were when young, I was, right? Yeah, when I was younger, and because there, you have so many classes that are like not just the sculpting classes, going beyond that. Mm-hmm. I saw you had like um, like business kind of. A we do. Few. We have a whole suite of business classes. Yeah, there. and that because that's important for creating an art business too, and that would have been so useful to mm-hmm. to um, have those classes all together like that. Even though we, we have all the information we can think of today, really, you can search. The amount of time sometimes you waste searching for the correct information. Yeah. And now, the amount of failures that you have in the process because you try things that really didn't, they don't work, they have been added, you didn't it's see the other costly. side, it's, it's costly. Yeah. And sometimes people think, oh, no, I'm watching tutorials for free, yeah, but think about the time you have spent so far Just and you haven't seen something. Uh, so w- what's what's missing is the structure information, information yeah. that okay starts here, it goes to there, and then there is an end result that I can rely on. Yeah. So I think that's the void we we occupy. Now, usually, wh- who are your buyers? Do they do they collect art dolls, teddy bears, only miniatures? Do you know? It's it's a mix of all, mostly miniature collectors. I mm-hmm. I do believe, but. Yeah, it's a mix from all um, 
because my work kind of goes in that direction. They're character dolls, they're kind of teddy bearish looking, mm -hmm. and then they're miniature. So, but mostly it's miniaturist. Yeah. And do you have any idea the age range of your customer? Um, women, um, more uh, the fifties, sixties. Um, some younger, but mm -hmm. yeah. I, it, it, this is always fascinating to me because when you look at, at statistics and studies, the younger people get, so the millennials uh, right now, because they are the ones that have some uh, money power, right? The, the Z is very young. Uh, they don't tend to collect. That's not... Yeah, they're more for experience. They're more for experience. They, they are more minimalistic in, the, in their living lifestyles. They don't like to buy houses. They don't like to buy cars, which is interesting because you are going to see a huge shift in how things are, are made and sold because of that. So 50 and older, you know, we all grew up with stuff collecting is a, is a different draw. But when we look, for example, in the ball jointed doll market, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Are the yeah, younger, it's younger ones. ones. So, um, yeah. Any take on that? Ball joint? No, I'm not sure. I wonder <laughs> because uh, maybe because the ball jointed doll allows more personalization than any yeah. traditional sculpting. Yeah. Right. Because your your story they is like, what it is. They, they don't change the story, right? Yeah, and with the ball jointed, they do. They get to create their own. Yeah. Thing. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. Let's yeah. see one more piece. Tell me a little uh, bit about this girl. So the, the challenge with her, I the inspiration for this one, it came from, um, all flower cellar paintings, like the Renaissance era flower cellar paintings. And um, I really just wanted to practice the painting and the, the details on little flowers. And I think it worked out okay with this piece. Um, yeah, the, the, that's, the, oh, this, one, this one's a lot of fun, I love love all the hidden teddy bears. It's kind of like an Easter egg um, to find where all the teddy bears are. So you're, you're, it's, the main character is a teddy bear as well, right? Yep, it's, it's, he's a teddy bear collecting teddy bears and he's, he's hidden them. So you obviously like teddy bears, but you chose mice. Why? Why that choice? Um, I don't know. Well, teddy bears. I, I I like to have the teddy bears be like um, like almost like a secondary character for the mice, so that you can see that interaction uh -huh. between the two. And that's really more what it, the teddy bears. And they kind of grew to be almost a signature to have them um, with a piece, but also kind of not quite right. Like a lot of times, there's a, a, the mouse character or um, whatever character I'm using, a lot of times they're not, they're, they're holding the bear by the leg and uh -huh. there's, like, there's an oops or a terrified looking face on, <laughs> on the bear, expression on the bear. And um, I just like to make it a little bit off uh -huh. <laughs> in that way, a little more dramatic in that way. <laughs> now you chose flocking to add to the clay, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, why you would be, I, I'm not saying easier, but at least faster to mimic the fur on the clay. So why did you make that choice? Why do you think it enhances uh, the piece? 
Um, it, it just adds like a, a, just another kind of texture that you can add to the overall piece. Um, and texture is, is fun to play with. So you could draw, draw the lines on, that would be fine. Um, and I might, I might consider something like that like for a toy, but if I could add other textures somewhere else in, in the piece, mm -hmm. instead of just having all of the furred parts being um, the same. The same, okay. Yeah. Now, what inspires you on a day-to-day -day basis? How do you get your inspiration? Because being, making five or 12 a month yeah. with different stories, right? Where do it's you get lot, them? A it's a work. lot, yeah. Um, and this might, I think, kind of the bad things in life, the, the sad, like um, having a chronic illness or, or, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like it takes effort to do good things in life and that those are worth focusing on and mm -hmm. um, good artwork can be that. So can we say that the hardship that you, you went through and you're still going actually help you as an artist. Yeah. You know, there is a- It helps drive. There is a purpose. saying, or, well, I heard that. I don't know where it comes from. And it's despite if you believe or not, it's, it's just what it means that the, the hardships, the, 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 the tough moments in your life actually set your future in the yeah. sense that we have to be able to accept them because Sometimes what happens, happens. There's nothing we can do about it, right? And then from that, turn into something beautiful. Yeah. Do you think you've been able to do that? I know it, it touches yeah. you a lot, but. Yeah. Um, and the, there's, I, I also listen to a lot of books, and, and some of them are, um, they're biographies and they're real stories, and mm -hmm. that, that also helps kind of get me out of my own, Mm -hmm. life and, and realize it's that everybody has this hardship so that makes it even larger mm -hmm. even more important to um to create these good things purposefully and yeah, yeah. i i think you know one thing we, i i at least grew up in a judgmental society and i think we all do we talk about uh, the face of other people, the size. We were joking yeah, that yeah, I'm so short these. and you're so tall. It, it's great. It's fun to joke and play with it, but then sometimes it, some people, it's it, such a. It hurts, right? It's it sad. can hurt. It, 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 but one one thing, my daughter and I, we are always talking and we repeat in order to to ingrain that in our minds is that you you cannot judge people right away because you never know their story. Right, you, you, you may see even a behavior that you don't comprehend or you think it's wrong or you think it's inappropriate, but you don't know the, the life story behind it that, that is causing that right now. And you, you, you meet people that you, at first you think, well, whatever, and then you see these are these beautiful souls that they went yeah. through so much in their lives. Therefore, they create, they, they, you know, they impact, so. We have to be careful with that. Um, uh, Gypsy Muse is saying, besides your, your mice, I just adore the creativity of your little monsters. Do oh, any yeah. of those ideas come to you in dreams? Wow, cool question. So, yeah, that, that, that's actually an amazing, yeah, sometimes they do. Um, I have been so focused on, on work that 
that when I'm just totally exhausted and I fall asleep, all these little faces and uh, just beautiful images just come into my mind and it, it really does seem like the work inspires the dreams and the mm -hmm. other way around and then they become characters and yeah it's just working on something like like these little characters just is like this constant flow of good things that that can come in when you're just concentrated on it all the time and so yeah that helps too. does it happen for you to be talking to somebody about whatever and you're really thinking but if the, that mouse was lost in the river, <laughs> does yeah. it happen that it goes all the yeah, way out? Yeah, it goes away sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, uh-huh. Yeah, um, with some of my friends that they'll do squirrel, you know, because I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that does happen. <laughs> Where do you usually create? Do you have a specific studio? Are you always working at home in a studio? How, how is it? Oh, um, uh, at home and I, sometimes work with with my friend Pat in, in her studio mm -hmm. and that's because it's a I love I love those days because it's um it's good to have somebody else to talk to with mm -hmm. not like when there's a problems to come up or they're just um brainstorming uh I think that's important to to be around that sometimes with is she also a sculptor artists. She's a miniaturist. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, so yeah not a sculptor, but a miniaturist. So you put your mice in their tiny house? That <laughs> yeah, we have like done that. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Guys, any questions, please ask. Or we will end the podcast very soon. So it's, uh, it's, tell me, tell me another thing. The business side. Okay. Do you, do you have any background or? In business? Uh-huh. No. No. <laughs> No background at all. I just has it hurt you at all? Or it didn't I, it probably would have been good to have mm -hmm. um, a background, a, maybe a degree or something. But yeah, I don't have an arts degree either, and I do th th those would have been helpful. Mm -hmm. But although I have to say, sometimes I've seen where some artists are they're really good at um, technique, and and um, but it looks like they're kind of repeating another person's look. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. they haven't figured they, they out. They get stuck in a process that they learn? Yeah, and yeah. They mimic that. And, and I don't know if, so I, I'm really kind of a toss up, which was worse. Um, you know, starting on my own from scratch and, and learning what, yeah. what, um, what makes, good work through communicating with other people and mm -hmm. trying to sell them or or having that college degree. I, I know the college degree would be useful now because now I, I know how to take technique and make something new out of it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, see, if I had gone that route, would I just be mm -hmm. making the same look I, that other people do? It, it's complicated because uh, it's good to have the knowledge, but I don't think a degree would would make much difference. The knowledge makes difference, right? Yeah. Where it came from. I yeah. think if you if if you think, uh, and you guys might not agree with that, but uh, the only downside of self-taught is sometimes the time you spend problem solving. Yes. So 
for example, we, we've seen you creating your pieces and when you put the year of the mouse, uh, you, you do put an armature, you do put a, a, a piece of uh, wire, yeah. which most people wouldn't, right? They would put the clay, blend the clay, and that would yeah. be a simple and thing, but it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Because it also adds strength to the whole structure, right? Yeah. So you got, I don't know how you got to that solution. Uh, but the, if I'm self-taught and I'm trying to figure it out by myself, it just may it, take me a lot of broken pieces. And in it did. For me, it did <laughs> take, yeah. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. I, I don't see a problem. Um, I think knowledge is also always important. I, I'm a life learner. I love to learn. It's not by chance that we have Curious Mode. But... Uh, I don't think the degree, at, in, especially in this, if you're a brain surgery, is a different ball game. Oh, yeah, but, but an arts degree. Arts degree. It, good it, to it, have the technique, but... It's good. It's good to understand composition. It's good to understand different yeah. types of clay and stuff. I yeah. mean, it, it would be useful, but it's not crucial. Yeah. Right? That wouldn't stop you or anybody of being no. famous and, and having a career. Uh, do you do you ever think about working with something else other than sculptures or not? Uh, oh yeah. Um, well, you know, I, from a really young age, I was experimenting with different art forms, and I've gone from uh, painting oil paints and watercolors, and and uh, you know, crocheting and making puppets, to now these little miniatures. So, um, but. But what I learned in all those art form, forms, I learned to adapt them and take them and use them when, when they might be useful for mm -hmm. um, whatever new project that I'm working on. So it all kinds of just comes together. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and you were talking the other day about how you like to, to buy books in, in different things. Or, yeah. uh, it's anatomy, it's dressmaking. It's, I, I went to art school in college. I didn't graduate, but I did go for two years. And, you know, I remember one specific class that I couldn't care less about. And it was a class about painting composition. So the, the, oh. uh, the, the teacher would show, you know, very old paintings and talk about composition, why it was, and every single time I think about that, I, I actually think, how stupid could you be? I mean, it was the most important part yeah. of the whole thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, how you would tell a story with composition, where would attract the eyes? Of, I, I, I work as a professional photographer, so I understand composition today, but I missed all that. You know, because I was too too young actually oh. to care about it. Oh, um, when I first started with color theory, you know, a lot of times it's taught in, in how to paint flowers, and mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't put it together for the longest time, and it was like, oh, duh. Uh, see, <laughs> that was color theory. That wasn't about flowers. That uh -huh. was about color exactly. theory. Exactly. So sometimes we are not there yet. Yeah. For for the knowledge. Uh, Gipsy Muse, Ali, I apologize for asking so many questions. You're not no, asking too no. many questions. Yeah, We're here it's for that. It's perfect. It's great. I've been following you for a few years, and I'm filled with admiration and questions for you. Are you a collector of any type of art? Um, I don't have many pieces, no, but I'm an admirer of, like, everything. Mm-hmm. But no, mostly what I, I collect books more than anything. Yeah, I'm a big book person. That's cool. Yeah. I love books too. And it's funny because it's even the the fact to be holding them that makes for me. For example, I have a book readers. Yeah. Well, 
The other day I, I, I said that there, uh, there, was a, there is a term called wabi-sabi. Are you familiar with that term? It's when you look at something and you fall in love with it, not because it's perfect, but because of its imperfection in the process. Yeah. And art always has that, right? Yeah. So I can see one of your sculptures, and I say it has a lot of wabi-sabi in the yeah. storytelling, in the way the, the, the piece is moving. So, so of course, they, they did study what attracts people to something that is not perfect. And one of the things was the ebook reader. Because when you think, it's, it's the perfect thing, right? It's small, you can carry it you, I can have a thousand books there. Yeah. But uh, sales have been flat for a while now. I don't have one. Yeah, I, I have, and I, I have books. And what's happening now that never happened before, I had this own rule, I start a book, I have to finish. It's like a, a project. I start a project, I need to finish. I have unfinished books in the ebook reader. It doesn't attract me as much. But they, they went and looked into that. What is it that is flattening sales? And it's the lack of wabi-sabi. The wabi-sabi in a book is exactly the touch, the grease sometimes the because it's so. The illustrations. Some the, of them are even if, if you allow to make texture. marks, those marks that you make. Yeah. That makes it special. I, I also like um, audio books, but mm -hmm. there I think there's it's that not story. The same either. Yeah. But there is like a storytelling <coughs> element mm -hmm. where like the ones that are done by Audible.com, they they are um, done by actors, so mm -hmm. they're um, performed, mm -hmm. and then you have that storytelling element. Yeah. But yeah, the e-readers, I can't. I can't do those. I, I uh, have, and frankly, I, I'm for a paper book anytime in the day. Yeah. I, I, I really like that. Uh, we have here, let me, let me find it. You may, uh, Karen say, you may not have a degree, but your pieces are truly fabulous. Sandy, what do you do to get over a creative block? Um, I work through it. Um, oh, so there are there are some techniques that I've found out about through story, mostly through storytelling mm -hmm. books again, um, and some through there's some books that are specifically about creativity that that also mention them. But um, so one thing I do is I'll just start writing words down, and I'll write like thirty or a hundred words, and then I'll just look over the list and try to make connections to something that's meaningful. Um, so that's one thing. Another would be just to set up a camera and start playing. Um, yeah, just little, just playing, make, do, making faces at myself, maybe in a mirror even, or uh, playing with teddy bears and dolls and uh, making different different hand gestures, different expressions. I don't let I don't let a block just stay there because the more time is wasted. Um, it, it seems like you can get a habit of, of wasting time on blocked, mm -hmm. you know, not, mm -hmm. not thinking of anything. But if you try to uh, just work through it, it seems easier and easier for the ideas to come, to come in. So that's what I, I would set up a process. If you have that happening a lot, I would set up a process based on brainstorming ideas and, and see if that helps. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's perfect. That is perfect. Yeah, and, and you have to question if that block is not happening because of some type of fear that is underlying. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, fear. Yeah. Fear kills it. everybody. I mean, it's terrible. Uh, you yeah. do improv, so you have to go through a lot of barrier breaking 
in order to yeah. do it, right? It's, it's not an easy thing to do. No, when, when I first started improv, I, I felt like, I don't know if it's true, but it felt like the other players and maybe the teacher were frustrated because I couldn't, I was so shy that I would just get up in front of everyone and freeze, and I couldn't think of anything, I couldn't, just nothing, but, but the, the classmates that I had and the instructor was so good at, at just, like, like he would say sometimes, what's your motivation? He would, he would say something to mm -hmm. kind of trigger, uh, hopefully trigger an idea, but still that fear is so powerful that, that I literally go silent. Mm -hmm. and, and I did get over that a little bit and I'm still working on it, but um, it was just through trying to work past it. It, it gets easier. In, in usually a creative block many times has an underlying fear. And in our lives, when we look at the obstacles we face, many times there is fear involved. That's why we can't, we can't submit a piece to an award. We can't finish a piece. You know, the, the search for perfection, that, that stops most people on their toes because there is yeah. no such thing as perfection. But yeah. they keep looking for that, and that's just a fear of what if it doesn't turn in a way that other people will like. Right. Yeah. So you, you look in, in, even into phobias. What's the way to overcome that? It's what they call desensitization. You have to be exposed. You have to keep working. You have to do it. That's really the only way of overcoming that. And it does get easier, mm -hmm. both with brainstorming on, on ideas and, and getting past the fear. It, it, yeah. it gets easier. Or, or playing, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, Karen is asking, what's your favorite type of book? And do you have a favorite book? Um, a favorite, so I love, oh, a favorite book. Um, I love mm, how-to books. They're at the top of the list, mm -hmm. how-tos. Um, and then I love well-illustrated children's stories and um, histories, biographies. And those are, those are my favorites. And I'll do the classics, too, because, you know, the thing with classics is if they made it to be a classic, the chances are you're going to love good it. The story there, yes. Yeah. Uh, Laurie Platt, we're just enjoying the banter. Great questions so far by our <sighs> wonderful host. Thank you. Laurie, do you have a favorite artist of whom you derive inspiration from? Um, yes. <laughs> I have a, a whole range of favorite artists. Um, so I'm trying to think. So in miniatures, I'll, I will say one of my all-time favorite uh, miniaturists is Carrie Paiuti. She does little tiny animals and with like these big personalities and wonderful sets that go along with that. And um, I'm trying to think beyond. Oh. <laughs> And then there's Karen Baker's dolls <laughs> that are really kind of She's following, following your with. class. She's amazing. She's an awesome human being. Yeah, and, and uh, very expressive. And, and I, I love character dolls. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, beyond that, I would say there's a lot of teddy bear artists that I don't There's a lot to, to mention, but mm -hmm. I'm kind of partial to teddy bears, really. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and uh, some of the, the first polymer clay artists, one of them was um, Catherine Dewey and, and her books and her work with, and Jack Johnson, of course, everybody knows his work and his books, and they've all just 
Yeah, they're, it's all been, a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's show uh, one more picture before we ask more questions. Oh, yeah. And tell, so this one has the teddy bear and yep. a little mouse. So um, this is, the mouse wants that teddy bear and it just doesn't quite, he's not getting it <laughs> right <laughs> now. Um, so that was kind of the, the want in this piece. Um, that was for that was the first piece of 2018. Oh, really? And I love to contrast big and small together, and you know, and the the movement and of the scarf was kind of fun to do with this piece. Was that your first dragon, or not? No, um, no, I've done. I usually do a couple of dragon pieces a year. That was oh, that was the first one for 2018. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very so. cool. Um, guest 911, do you ever try using different tools to do your minis? Or you use always the same? Um, pretty much what, what was shown in, in class. Which is a uh, tapestry needle. <laughs> and exacto knives. And exacto knives. <laughs> yeah. Debbie Persele, uh, I love the Mod podcast and I'm so impressed with Aaliyah's skill. Yeah, the Mod, you really need to. To watch that. So Debbie, take a look at this next piece because it's gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> look at this guy. Yeah. Um, oh, so this one was about, it's about that where you get a, a new um, thing that you just fall in love with and you kind of neglect older things that you love. So this is a, a, a puppy that is new and the, the teddy bear that's kind of being mm -hmm. neglected. But I'm sure that didn't last very long. No, <laughs> you found a place for both. Even yeah. though the puppies tend to, you know, be around yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I was going to ask you something. Oh, yes. Do you have a favorite biography, Karen is asking? Favorite biography? Um, actually, one of my favorites is, is, is going to be kind of unusual. You know, um, a lot of people know like Walt Disney and, and mm -hmm. Jim Henson, but one of my favorites is um, Andrew Carnegie. Um, oh. uh, he, they were, that was a time period where America started to become a big manufacturing. Mm -hmm. and, and he was like this big steel, big on um, driving the steel industry and railroads. And mm -hmm. so I liked, I liked his because it, it was an autobiography and it was, he has he, he has this positive attitude when he's dealing with serious um, serious problems like um, I can't remember the name of they were like they were men who were like militia for um, for working class mm -hmm. they were trying to control the working class they were like like the Pinkertons I want to say was okay. their name uh -huh. and they would use force and guns and and try to there's a Netflix series about that. Yeah. Yeah. And and so they one of the plants, one of his steel plants, had um, an issue with the workers wanting a raise. They wanted to be treated better, and um, and the, the Pinkertons got 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 like some of the employees got killed mm -hmm. over that, and and. Um, uh, and Andrew Carnegie's had the, that was the worst, like from his autobiography, he cared so much about how bad that, that was 
with mm -hmm. the people. And it really, uh, it seemed like that kind of drove what happened later on in his life, which is that he went on and introduced public libraries and, mm -hmm. and made that, a, like, that's the reason we have public libraries now, that idea came oh, from educating. him. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, um, and, and that's one of my favorite autobiographies. Yeah. You have to have an educated society because that's what kills uh, is ignorance. If you look in any dictatorship, unfortunately, I came from one. What's the first thing they do? They take books away. They take education. Right? Yeah. They take they education. They want you to away. be ignorant. So if you're ignorant, and, and even when, and I'm sorry because I, I know some of you really believe in that, but they say, uh, don't watch the news. It's all only negative stuff, right? Like if you are going to attract that and negativity to you. But at the same time, you're saying, okay, so what, what's really happening is you're detaching yourself from reality because then yeah. you start filtering everything yeah. that you want to see. And, and social media is a big drive for that, right? You filter yeah. who are yeah. your friends, what a, oh, you don't like this political party? You don't have to have those friends, right? You don't have yeah. to see those posts. Uh, the system filters for you, it's which is so, even worse. So, it's so sad because there's such a, a chance to learn from different perspectives from people. And instead, need, it's just being blocked. You need and, diversity. And I don't care if you like yeah. it or not, you need diversity. Yeah. You need different cultures around you. You, you okay. need different accents around you. You do need that because that's how you learn to understand the human being. The problem with detaching yourself from all the news, everything that is going on, when something happens, you're not going to have the full picture. You're always going to be on that only view, Just and that is dangerous. Yeah. Yes, and when we think about younger generations, even worse, because they didn't grow up with the news anyway, and they don't care about yeah. the TV, and they don't care about this. We need the leaders in the future. How can a leader not understand the full equation, the 360 view of something? If you only have one view, about, it's dangerous. That, I think that's part of the reason we are living in such a violent world right now. Because we, we are all, it has nothing to do with art, what we are doing, but art usually tells the moment to people, right? We are, yeah. it's me versus them. Anything different from me is not acceptable. And then we see what's happening right now. Right? We as artists, what do we need to do? Ask questions. We need learn. to ask questions. <laughs> we need to keep learning. Yeah. We need to tell stories. Yeah. Right? It's, it, fantasy stories, real stories. I mean, if you, if you look in history in the big moments, there were always some artists that were showing that reality. Yeah. Right? The and even fantasy. One. Fantasy you, is an art form where you you want to get the truth about something out. Mm -hmm. And it, you can use odd elements that, that are, that like just kind of appear, but there's, there always has to be that reason yes. and that truth behind it. And mm -hmm. Otherwise- There's a fantastic it. series on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. And I would suggest that every artist should watch that because it tells you uh, when it happened, why it happened. So, for example, I don't know if you know, but uh, Superman. I don't know. Do you know how he came about? Uh -uh. Well, we, we were coming out of the Depression. You had a whole society that, you know, had all this burden in their backs, and they didn't know how tomorrow would be, so you had this massive Depression, right? And who is Superman? 
is the guy that comes from outer space to, to save everything and other than kryptonite, nothing. It's, it's actually the perfect American guy, if you think, yeah. right? And he came about. Barbie, I used to hate Barbie. I, re I really never gave a Barbie to my daughter because I thought this is not a, re a realistic uh, picture of a woman and you know has that perfect body, that's terrible. I actually admire Barbie because she was the first toy actually that you could personalize and create your own fantasy for girls. And when you look at how hard it was to launch Barbie. She almost had to be that, that she, fashion thing. That fashion she had thing. to be, but for her to happen, yeah. it took a lot of struggle out of that. Right, you had, you had the G.I. Joe, you had, but no, not for girls. So you, you, we, need to, we need to see as artists this part of the, what side of the story uh, that superhero, or that toy, or that painting came about. What is the truth behind it? Yeah. And what's the truth behind it? Because it does depict the, the, the culture of that moment, yeah. right? So I hope we don't have many scary toys out there. Well, when you see today, for example, in sculpting even, uh, and you look, we are living in a complicated moment and a very violent moment worldwide. Yeah. And what are the things that attract people a lot? Skulls, werewolves, yeah. right? Zombies. The dark side. Mm -hmm. There is a cool part of that. I'm not saying anybody is wrong on sculpting those, but think about what, what, what are we telling for bringing this, you know, a reverence to that, an admiration to that, yeah, right? Uh, well, part of that, I'm hopeful that part of that is um, just a, an adolescent kind of, you know, it's more common with young people to, mm -hmm. to be um, interested in, in that side of life. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, though. No. <laughs> no, we don't know what's going to happen. But uh, we know how we can interfere. For example, what you did with your niece. You, you taught her how to sculpt. It doesn't matter what well, she's going she, to do with that. She was already interested. I, she saw what I was well, doing. Well, you saw something, or she said, I, I would like to do this. But the fact is that you went there and say, OK, this is how you take this clay to yeah. something else. Yeah. Right? I said that many times, so people are tired of listening to that, but you told her how to get an idea into a mouse, right, into something concrete. And, and that's what this young generation needs to do. Uh, yeah. They need to be able to get out of digital in the sense of whenever they have ideas or problems, there needs to be a process to turn that around. That's yeah. what you do with clay. You get something yeah. that has, has no form and turns into a story, Yeah. right? And we need to do this with young people as much as possible. Because if they understand how to deal with conflicts and with difficult situations, they will, they will be able be to go off. through life yeah. instead of finding very bad routes to go. Time. Yeah. Um, education, uh, Laurie is saying, education is equivalent to having power. Totally is. Yeah. Uh, Laurie, The Toys That Made Us is a very interesting show series. Highly recommend. It's awesome. It's short, unfortunately. I haven't seen it. it you I should. You should. Because it talks at even how you, you pitch an idea inside a company and the process. It, it's just crazy. And the improv into that as well. Because yeah. they would say, OK, we need a new toy. So they would go grab the old toys, use this armature, put it. some clay, and <laughs> there you go. And yeah. they would pitch the idea. 
we tend to bl blame ourselves when we get too creative, right? I use a toothpick here. Why is not this a fancy wire? No, it's a toothpick because it would work. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a fantastic series. Uh, so Trushahar, very scary time right now. You know, it's up to us. I, I think it's, it's always very easy for us to say it's wrong or the politics are wrong. We, we grew up with this habit, I don't know if you did, but you were a, a, a child and you hit the chair and you hurt your foot and probably an adult close to you will come and say, bad chair, bad chair, bad chair. You grow up believing that the problem is outside. It's not you that took the wrong step and hit the chair. Yeah, I, I was lucky because my, my mom, my parents would have said, well, don't kick the chair. Like, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Why are you kicking the chair? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We need to take responsibility and act. Yeah. Uh, this question you got a lot of times today, could there be a book coming in the future? I, I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. That would be fun. I would love it, but I don't know. No. You, should, you should work on that. Uh, Gypsy Muse, Aliyah, favorite, favorite fiction book and favorite movie? Favorite fiction? Um, I, don't, I can't say favorite fiction. I'll, uh, the last one I listened to, I can listen to it over and over again, and it's a children's story, and it's The Little Princess. Mm. And um, that, because I love how that story takes a title like The Little Princess, and it's got two sides of it. On the one hand, her, her um, the, the mean girls in that situation, they use The Little Princess as a title to belittle her, and then she uses it as a strength. That, that, that is now, she has to act better, she has to be smarter, she has to be more caring, because she is the little princess, and little princesses have to be good to other people. And that's why I love the contrast between, um, it's that ugly duckling story, you know, mm -hmm. you take something, they gave her the title Little Princess to make her feel little, to make her feel small, and she turned it into something big. That's um, awesome. So that, that's one of my favorites. That's know? so cool. Um, Mine is The Little Prince. <laughs> oh, yeah. And what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Um, I don't know. Let me think. Favorite? It's probably some, some class. Oh, you could say like Lord of the Rings, that's a big one that I love, or um, Forrest Gump. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Cool. It's hard to, to gauge that. Okay, she didn't ask, but I'm going to say mine is The Labyrinth. Oh, I yeah. I think I watched <laughs> maybe 25 times at least. I really oh, like that one. Yeah, that's Very cool. So what's for you in the future? I have no idea. No idea? Where, no. Are, you, where are you trying to go right now? Um... I, I just, I hope that my health just keeps getting better and that's well. I'm, I really don't know. The next, the next mouthpiece, I'm not sure. Whatever, whatever comes, it'll be. whatever comes. Yeah. You're ready, right? Yeah. As long as you have some clay and a tapestry needle, every magic <laughs> can happen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Guys, thank you so much for your participation. Let me just check if there, uh, if there's anything else. But thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. So Alia came here to Utah to give a class at Curious Mondo. Uh, we still have the replay today of the second day and tomorrow the last day. And she will be back here in the first week of December, right? Yeah, Ooh. for another class. For another yeah. class, yeah. So if you guys are interested, CuriousMondo.com. 
that's the, the best place for you to, to watch. You can still catch, and it's amazing. Uh, before we end up, one more picture of your creations because it's so cool. This one is traveling. This one's one of my favorite. Yeah, she's, uh, she's looking for her love. Oh, me too. She's out on, on a, yeah, <laughs> where is he? I don't know. Where is he? She's um, oh. got her luggage looking for him. She's showing the photo to anybody who will. Oh, my sweetheart. That's so sad. <laughs> oh, she finds oh. him. It's okay. She'll find it him? Works. Okay, hope so. Nobody <laughs> likes to have a lost boyfriend. No. no. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. You're an amazing human being. And I hope you are enjoying your time here. I know oh, yeah. they are enjoying this. Um, and guys, again, every Tuesday, Creativity in Focus, creativityinfocus.com. We bring another artist and we have an informal chat where you really uh, help us create the questions and drive that in whatever direction. Today we went all the way to politics. and Everywhere. Politics. Everywhere. But that's a, an artist. We have many layers, right? Yeah. It's not as simple as, oh, that's all I do. There's a lot, there's a lot of story into that, right? So thank you so much and I'll see you back here next Tuesday.